0: We welcome you this morning to a new Lord's Day and to this Resurrection Lord's Day as we enter into God's presence, and we want to sing praises to the name of our glorious Lord and Savior. The opening hymn we have is, Thine be the glory, and the words, Thine be the glory, risen, conquering, Son, endless is the victory. Thou or death has won. And that gives us a reason to sing this morning, and our hearts can be filled with thanksgiving and joy unto the Lord. So let's just do that today. We will all stand as we worship Him, singing this hymn. Let's bow, please, before the Lord now in prayer and just settle our hearts in His presence as we come to commit our day and our time unto Him. Let's all pray. Our eternal God and Father, we bow before Thee today in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And dear Father, we come with joy and thanksgiving in our hearts for the hymn that we've been able to sing which bears so much the testimony of the Scripture. And indeed, Lord, we say today the testimony of every believing heart, that we know that Christ Jesus is alive today and that He lives in the power of an endless life. This is the hope that we have, Father, for eternity. and It's the hope that the Spirit of God has reinforced in our hearts, because we know that Christ Jesus lives within us, and we know that when we come to the point of our death and the end of life here, we shall be absent from our body and present with the Lord forever and ever. And dear Lord, I pray that today you would come and bless that truth to every heart I pray, Father, that in the times when we are uncertain and unsure of what will be tomorrow and of the trials of life that can be sometimes so debilitating, they can cast us down. Yet, Father, as we trust today in our living Redeemer, we pray that that truth and the blessed knowledge within our hearts would come to encourage and lift up and strengthen us with might in the inner man. Dear Lord, today I pray that for any who may be here that have never come to taste and see that the Lord is good, and we mean, Lord, that they have never come to faith in Jesus They have never come to cast their soul for life and eternity upon the One who has risen from the grave. Let today be a day of salvation for them. May they call out, What must I do to be saved? Lord, may that gospel call come with salvation to their heart dear Lord, we give thanks today for the blessings and the joy of a new Lord's Day. And I pray, Lord, today that we will be able to enter in with all our hearts in the spirit of praise and worship and thanksgiving, and that we will be mindful, Lord, of all that we have in our gospel possessions, every mercy, that has been poured out upon Your people. Hear our prayer today, Father. Receive the worship and praise from our hearts. And Lord, bless us. We are thinking today of those believers, part of our fellowship that cannot be out this morning because of their age or sickness Some other problem, Lord, bless them where they are and encourage them. Let them feel and know the weight of of our praying for them. But all much more, that the Savior Himself is interceding for them in glory. So, Lord, hear the prayer of our heart. Bless every family connected with our fellowship. Bless every boy and girl. We pray again for household salvation. We ask, Lord, that it might please you to use us individually and collectively as families. Father, hear our prayer. Let our witness be that which reverberates out from this locality across our community of Scarborough, our city of Toronto, the province of Ontario, and our nation. Lord, bless the land of Canada. Bless us with those who are spiritually in touch with our God. May we know a gracious awakening and reviving. Let the gospel word go out faithfully from many, many different pulpits today. And oh God, we ask that there would be the ingathering of souls. And there would be a testimony and a witness raised for the glory of King Jesus in our land. Father, hear our prayers today. Give us joy in our hearts, we ask. And bless us now, for we pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Let's sing again, please, to the Lord's praise. Number 168 in your hymnal, 168. The head that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory. Now we'll stand please as we sing. Let's turn, please, for our Scripture reading today to the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 28. Matthew 28, and I know that the boys and girls from Sunday school have been memorizing this portion, the first six verses, and so they will be quite familiar words to you. And if you haven't memorized them well, just read uh, through these words. They are very precious. The opening line says that in the end of the Sabbaths, well, it is the plural Sabbath, and we think of that because there were at least two Sabbaths in the week leading up to the crucifixion of the Lord, and that is a significant point. But I'm thinking in this light that when these words speak in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, in many respects, it was the end of the Sabbaths of the Old Testament. It was the closing of one major chapter in God's economy and His history. And as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, it was the opening of a new chapter in world history as Christ rose from the grave. And He is alive and alive forevermore. Let's read these words. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail! And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go and tell my brethren that they go into Galilee And there shall they see me. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priest all the things that were done. May the Lord add his own blessing, we know he will, to his own written word and to these very profound, special words for us As we come to his house today we want to welcome you all in the name of our lord jesus we're very happy that you're here with us today in the lord's house to worship him for you have come to do just that to enjoy fellowship one with another well that's always an important thing but as we do come we are mindful of the main reason why we have come into the house of god and it is a reason of great joy and Thanksgiving today, so we welcome you all and those viewing our service online today through sermon audio. We welcome you very especially in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do please continue to remember in prayer our sister Lori Bryant, who is still uh, under the weather and very sick with uh, she was sick with COVID, and do remember her and her family. And we have a few others in the congregation who also come down with that and we ask your ongoing prayer for them. Remember also, please, uh, Donald Devaparan's sister, Nershamthi. She came through surgery this past Wednesday, and there was a good success to that surgery. And our brother wants to thank the congregation for your faithful praying on behalf of his dear sister. We don't want to forget also to be praying for the persecuted church, and for believers in the Ukraine today, as they are still in the throes of violence and war, and we pray that God's Spirit will be upon His servants, pastors, missionaries, that they will be an encouragement and a blessing. We showed you a couple of weeks ago a short video of what's happening in the Church of over in Bala Money and how that they have been really opening the church door to take several refugees, over 30 of them from Ukraine. And they actually arrived, I believe it was either yesterday or the day before, and they're getting settled into their temporary accommodations. And do remember them in prayer, and remember that work that Brother David Park. And the elders and the deacons and the congregation there are doing i know that they will greatly appreciate your prayers for them so that's just one way in which some assistance and help has been done in uh, one of our churches over there in northern ireland so let's remember these people very much in our prayers this past weekend including today the ongoing services in our port hope congregation the resurrection services And uh, Brother Ian Golliher was the man who stepped in. John Wagner wasn't supposed to be there, but he was not able to come. And uh, we're very thankful for the ministry of Brother Golliher, who stepped in at the last minute and uh, praying the Lord continues to bless his ministry today as he continues in the service of the Lord there. Please remember some other things we have to share with you today a couple of magazines have now come in one of them is the latest ltbs magazine it will be on the tables at the back and i think you'll find some very encouraging articles there and certainly a theme on service and then also we have the recent current magazine which is the one of our church here in north america and uh, there are some encouraging articles there, and I encourage you to get those magazines. And after you finish reading them, pass them on to a friend, make you make an outreach of them, and you can share them around uh, to other folks who would like to read them. We also have the edition that we talked about a while ago of the sermons, uh, devotional material that is taken from the sermons, of Dr. Alan Cairns. He passed away just about a year ago, and uh, Reverend Stanley Barnes has compiled information that he gleaned from his ministry and his messages and sermons, and so that book is now available. It's simply called Through the Year with Alan Cairns, a book of daily Bible readings. Now, all the proceeds that come in from this book are going to be going to mission work in Romania. And so the book is a heavy book, a nice hardback one. And so with the cost of the book and the shipping, it's come to be $40 Canadian. And if you would like to get a copy of this, uh, you can see our brother Maher Lewis. He'll be at the back today and he has those books and he will take Uh, The money from now you can make out a check to the church if you want, but there's no charitable donation available for this, as it's simply you're purchasing this book. So, if you'd like to get a copy of that, you can do so at the end of the service day. Very limited number, I think we only have about 10 of them at the moment. And if we run out, well, we will be able to get more. But if you want a copy of that good devotional reading book, you're welcome to get that. Please uh, remember a couple of more things in prayer. Our sister Joanne Greer has returned back to Liberia. She was six months in on furlough in Northern Ireland and visited many, many of our churches and did so for deputation. And so do remember as she gets readjusted back to life in Liberia once more. And do remember, please, their vision of starting a Christian school and that the Lord would go in front of them and uh, make all the obstacles, and there are many of them, he will clear them out in order that they will be able to see that school started. Please pray for Reverend John Bodner. John has come down with cancer, and he just uh, emailed recently and told us the more details about it. It's stage 3 esophageal cancer, but he said the doctors told him it is treatable, And so just uh, next week, he's going to begin uh, some radiation and chemo treatment and then surgery, and he is very thankful for your prayers so far, but is also asking for your continual intercession for uh, his well-being at this particular time. Also, we have a a note of thanks here from our sister, Muriel Crothers, who was able to visit her last week, and she's very appreciative of the Thoughts and prayers of God's people. Even though she hasn't been able to be out to the service the last while, my grateful thanks to you and the kind folks in our church for the cards and flowers and phone calls, and most of all for their prayers. uh, Presently getting therapy uh, for her situation, and she is making good progress. And so she really appreciates the prayers of God's. Was looking well this past week when I saw her, and uh, thankful for your ongoing prayers. Please remember the ministry going on today at 5.50. We have our prayer time downstairs, and then at 6.30, our evening uh, service. And we want tonight to have a time of, of praise, a resurrection praise service. And so we will be singing some hymns and thinking about some special Scripture readings and also we have some of our young people will be playing an instrumental piece. So please come along at 6.30 uh, tonight for our evening service. On Tuesday, we have a school advisory committee meeting at 4 o'clock. And that will be on Zoom. And then Wednesday, our prayer meeting at 7.30. And then our next Lord's Day services. Please remember all of these things before the Lord. A couple of events I'll leave with you. On May the 6th, it's a Friday evening at 7 o'clock, we want to have a Sunday school training seminar, and it's going to be by way of introduction. And this is encouraging because we also will have this for all of the current Sunday school teachers, but then there are some of our young people who are interested in getting involved in the ministry of our Sunday school and the growth of that And so we would encourage you, set aside that date. This is for anyone who's interested in getting involved in our Sunday school department. This is an opportunity for you to come along. So that's May the 6th. It's a Friday night, and it will be at 7 p.m. So mark that on your calendar. Also, May the 9th to the 13th will be our Presbyterian prayer time for our ministers and elders in North America. That will be in Greenville, South Carolina. And so do remember those who will be traveling for that time, and also the Lord will come near and give help in that ministry. And then one more advance announcement, and that comes ahead to the May the 22nd. It's a Lord's Day afternoon, and that's our next National Day of Prayer. And that will be in the afternoon on May the 22nd. We'll give you more updates on these, and they will certainly be in our online bulletin. You'll receive those announcements, but we leave them with you uh, today. Let's sing again, please, to the Lord's praise. Number 36, all hail the power of Jesus' name. We'll remain seated while we sing. that's one of those hymns that you definitely need to stand to sing and it's not easy to sing and but the words of it are tremendous so let's stand please and we're going to sing that first verse again and let's do so with all of our hearts Like you to turn please now in your Bibles to John's Gospel chapter 14. John's Gospel chapter 14. Reading from verse 15 to 21. Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, And the world seeth me no more, but ye see me. Because I live, ye shall live also. At that day, ye shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Please join me in a brief word of prayer. Father, as we are still Now, in this time of our service, I pray the Word of God will be fastened to every heart. And I'm asking, Lord, that we would know the Spirit's direction, instruction, help, give strength in the ministry of the Word now, and let that truth be in every soul. Father, for any Who are without Christ here today, they have never been born again of the Spirit. Save today, Lord, we ask, and strengthen and encourage every believer that we will walk in the center of your perfect will, that we will know the Scripture to our heart. Lord, strengthen and help me now, I pray, in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. The risen Christ means hope for eternity. The risen Christ means hope for eternity. As we read in Matthew 28 today, thinking about the end of the Sabbath as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week. That was the message and the hope that Christ had risen from the grave. He had told His disciples this on a number of occasions, and I want you to think with me on these words of John 14 and verse 19, specifically this phrase, where Jesus said, because I live, ye shall live also. Because I live, ye shall live also. The very fact that we are gathered here in this church this morning and on the first day of the week, it is because Jesus Christ is alive from the dead. Every true Christian has this certain hope because Christ rose from the grave. We also shall live after death. Indeed, when a a person comes to faith in Jesus as their own personal Savior, there may be the future of death as a physical body going down to the grave. But our spirits will never die. And we will go in a transition point from this life into the world that is to come. And there will never be known to the true child of God what it means to die spiritually. That is not the hope of this world. That is not the hope of those who are outside of Jesus Christ. Because the solemn reality is this, that if you have not Christ Jesus in your heart, you have no hope for eternity. I say that to you, my dear friends, today with all solemnity. With the solemnity of the Word of God. And with the gospel message, flee from the wrath that is to come and flee to Christ Jesus so that you might know Him as your own personal Savior. For in knowing Him, you will have everlasting life. That's the hope of the gospel. It is the good news of salvation. It's the message that every faithful minister of the gospel has heralded, has preached, has proclaimed from the time that Jesus rose until the time when He comes back to this world again. And He is coming back because He has promised that He will return. A man by the name of Merrill Tenney, he composed many books, and one of them was the Bible Dictionary, Pictorial Bible Dictionary, very helpful as a study guide. But he also wrote a book on the resurrection of Jesus, and in that book he wrote this. Christianity was not unique because it ensured salvation by a sacrifice for sins, nor because it stressed personal ethics, nor even because it guaranteed immortality to believers. Its distinctive attribute was the supernatural power of the living God manifested historically by the resurrection of Christ from the dead. And what Tenny was getting at is this, that there are religions, many in the world today, and various religions will say and promise life beyond this earth. They will preach about forgiveness of sins by some sort of a sacrifice. That's not unusual. They will make many promises, but the distinctive difference of Christianity, we have a risen Savior, one who is the first to rise from the dead who will never die again. And that marks Christianity as different from every other cult and religion in this world that has ever been It is the manifestation supernaturally of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus from the dead. And so, as we think upon this great subject today, it is the subject that guarantees for us eternal life. And I want to reinforce in your minds today the reality of the resurrection. And I want to share with you in the very first place is the truth has been founded upon the Scripture. It is founded in the Word of God, in the revelation that God has made to mankind. It is not the revelation of nature, though we see God in nature, but it is the revelation of His holy, infallible, inerrant, and inspired Word. Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible, and Job made a testimony and a prophecy. And he said this, he said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. And in the latter days, he shall stand upon the earth. And Job was able to say, he said, when my body has gone to the grave, and in the horrible and awful thought of, he said, when my skin worms destroy this body, and I go back to the, to the dust again, he said, yet in my flesh will I see God. God. And the only way that Job could have known that truth, the only way he could have realized that in his heart was by divine revelation to him. And we have found it in the Scriptures, this great testimony that this man made. I know that my Redeemer liveth. The resurrection, friends, is taught in the Bible. It was taught in the Old Testament. That was the great well, discussion we could say, or disagreement between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees actually believed in the resurrection. They knew it was taught in the Old Testament. But the Sadducees had a different thinking and they rejected the resurrection. They said it was not something taught in the Bible that we will not rise from the dead. And our Lord Jesus, when He was discussing that point and teaching them, He said to them, Think of this. God in heaven that we worship is not a God of the dead, but He is a God of those who are alive. Because even the Sadducees recognized the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And so Jesus used that very familiar phrase to them and taught them again that the Word of God reveals to us The doctrine of the resurrection. And when we have that as a backdrop in our minds, then we look at what the Apostle wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let me read it for you from verses 3 to 8. Paul said, For I delivered unto you first of all that which also I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen of Cephas of Peter, then of the twelve. After that, He was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me, Paul's writing, as one born out of due time. And it was the apostle's own testimony as he was on the road to Damascus when that great appearance of Jesus Christ met him Remember, he was in his fury of persecuting Christianity. He had already arrested and put to death those who testified of Jesus. And now the Christ of God met this man on the road to Damascus. And when Saul of Tarsus saw that light that was brighter than the noonday sun, he fell off his horse. He was blinded instantly by the splendor of that light. And he testified, Jesus appeared to me. The risen Son of God met me. And I am one not born with the other disciples and apostles. I'm one sort of attached on. He was saying, I've come after the fact almost. And yet Jesus appeared to me. And I now am a testimony of this And I will tell you that Christ is alive, for I met Him and saw Him. But more than even Paul's own testimony, it is this, that the Word of God was fulfilled in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. This great truth, my dear friends, it is founded upon the Word of God. That is the anchor to our soul. And when God has made Himself known to us in the Scripture, you can stand on that by faith, and you can stand on it with all hope and with all peace of heart and with all certainty. I know my Savior is alive. You have not seen Christ with your physical eye, but have you seen Him by faith I know many of you have. And you have believed on him. You have received him into your own heart. The resurrection is not only founded in the scripture, but it was very specifically testified by Jesus himself. I am the resurrection and the life, he said. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. I quoted that verse as recently I stood at the grave of our sister Jennifer Browett, And I tell you, friend, the number of times I have stood at an open grave and I have seen the grieving loved ones gathered around. And that coffin that is about to be lowered into the ground, that loved one is gone. And those on earth will never see them again in this life. There is a finality to death. But I will tell you that the hope that the believer has is this, the hope that I could say to them and to the grieving family and to many others of you who have also been in the same situation, the words of Christ, they echo in stentorian tones across all of history. I am the resurrection and the life. And if you know that in your heart today, and if you have heard that ringing in your spirit, then you have hope for time and for eternity. And Christ testified of this. Now, we know the situation that He spoke those words. It was when Lazarus had died. And Jesus knew He had died. And if you know the context of John 11, He delayed two more days before coming to Mary and Martha because Jesus knew what He was doing. But when Mary and Martha, when He met them, Martha said, Lord, if You had been here, my brother had not died. Jesus knew what He was doing. And it was going to be a great miracle He would perform in raising Lazarus from the grave. And we know the account that Mary said to Him, Lord, Martha said to Him, Lord, He's been dead for four days. You cannot open that stone. You cannot cannot open that grave. It will not be very good. Because they knew what was happening and what would happen to a body that had died and the decomposition that would begin. Because that's the end of all flesh on this earth. But Christ, who is the life, who is the resurrection, spoke those words, and he that was dead heard the word of life to come back to life again. And Lazarus rose from his sleep of death to have life. And Christ said that to Mary and to Martha I am the resurrection and the life. And you know, Martha believed in that because she said to the Lord, Yes, Lord, I know He will rise at the last day. Mary and Martha knew that truth because they believed in the resurrection being founded upon the teaching of Scripture. They knew that we would rise one day. But when Jesus said that to her, He was testifying, Martha, Mary, Mary, Do you believe in me that I am the Son of God? Do you believe in me that I am the Messiah? Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the light, that I have power over death now? And that's when their faith that was a little bit uncertain perhaps, their faith was reaffirmed by that word that Jesus spoke and what He did at that day. He was testified of Jesus. Though a man be dead in sins and trespasses, and though a man that was dead of all consciousness of God, and though a person would be dead to the loudest voice, yet, friends, he is made alive. You are made alive spiritually by hearing that voice of Jesus to your own heart. Oh, friends, if you have not come to Him today, if you do not know Him, I pray that you will will call out to Christ today and now that you may know Him. For Jesus testified, I am the way and the truth and the life. No person... No man, no woman comes to the Father but by Me. It is founded in the Word of God. The resurrection is testified by Jesus. But in the third place, it has been confirmed in history. The beginning of the book of the Acts of the Apostles As that account was being given, it testifies how that Jesus, after He had risen from the dead, was seen of people in Jerusalem, and for forty days they saw Him. And that time period, as the Lord was with His disciples, and many people witnessed that they saw the risen Christ You must say of those testimonies that they are all lying people or they were all deceived people that they really saw something of a phantom of a spirit that was not a real risen human being. The disciples also had that problem. You know, they were afraid when Jesus appeared to them as they were all huddled together in the upper room and Christ went in And they thought they had seen a spirit because he came into the room without any doors opening. But Jesus said to them, Place your hands, touch me, and feel me, that I am a real person. And they felt and touched the Lord, and they knew that it was him who had risen from the dead. And the witnesses that we have, as We've already read from 1 Corinthians 15. It's quite an amazing truth. He was seen of above 500 people at once. All those witnesses, they live their life testifying. And could you imagine that witness that they gave to people? Friend believe in Christ. He is the way the truth and the life. I have seen him alive from the dead and yet you have seen Him. Yes, we saw Him, and so did my friend and that neighbor and that neighbor. And we have witnessed, we tell you, that He is alive from the dead. It's something that has been recorded of witnesses that saw Him. But think also from a historical point of view, the impact that the resurrection of Christ had on the disciples and the apostles themselves and then on the rest of the church and of believers in the book of Acts. Several people have tried to say that the resurrection of Christ did not happen, but the disciples, they went and paid off the guards, and they stole the body of Jesus, the limp and dead body of Christ, and then they buried Him somewhere else... And then they all got together and schemed and said, we're going to make up this plan that he really did rise from the dead and we'll go forward and we'll begin to preach and announce that he rose from the dead. And then, of course, all of the testimony of the witnesses in Jerusalem, of the 500, of those others that testified they saw him, of the Apostle Paul, who has written over half of the New Testament, that he is the ultimate liar of all liars who would write what he did in 1 Corinthians 15 saying, I saw the risen Christ. He appeared to me as well as all the others that saw him. The impact that it had upon those people, those disciples who were cowering in fear and unbelief and and, and uncertainty of what the future held for them. When they saw the risen Christ, that propelled them forward into their life, work, and service of testifying of the resurrected Savior. They were different men because of what they had seen. They were endued with the Spirit of God, and when the power of God was upon them, they went out witnessing what? The crucifixion, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. But what about, friends, the witness that has continued on from the New Testament day until this morning? For every one of you who have testified that you have received Christ as your Savior, all of you are living witnesses that Christ is alive. And the impact that the gospel has had upon your life is an impact and a testimony that continues to reverberate down through society and history until Jesus comes back again. Your life is different. You are not the same as once you were. At one time, when you went in the way of the world and you caroused with the world and you partied with the world, you lived for yourself until the day you met Christ by faith and the day you received Him as your own. And then your life is different. Now, if your life is not different from that time to now, friend, there's a problem. Something's wrong. Maybe you think you belong to Christ, but really you don't. Maybe you have wondered about that, but you have no assurance of it. If you have Christ in your heart, Then your life is different from what it was before. Jesus said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. We are new creatures and creations in Christ Jesus. And the witness that you and I have today, it continues to be a testimony and a witness to this world. Do you know Him? today, are you assured in your heart that you belong to Jesus, that He belongs to you? I want to tell you, friends, finally, that this is the only hope for sinful mankind. I have a quote here um, I want to give you from Mr. Tenney, but even thinking back to what he said before about other religions and other people having the the thought of forgiveness of sins, maybe, of how you will accomplish that by some sacrifice, by your own good works, by a host of other things. But all of those religions that present some kind of a hope, they have no hope based in the reality of, that one has risen from the dead. And that's why I say to you today, with the authority of God's Word, that there is only one hope for mankind, for sinful, broken, lost mankind. And that hope is the resurrected Christ and your faith and trust in Him. It is the only one, my dear friends, Listen to what Mr. Tenney said. Without participating in the resurrection life of Christ, existence is progress to doom. Think about that. If you don't have Christ in your heart, if you, not, if you are not living in the hope of the resurrection, then what is your life? Your life is a progress to damnation. It's a solemn thought. Sin, like chain fission, produces continuing and cumulative effects, for each sinful act, conscious and unconscious, brings with it a wake of misery and bondage. Seeking to escape from the consequence of his own deeds, man finds that he becomes involved in other evils, which further complicate his fate. The inexorable law that whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. It fosters, listen to what he says, extreme pessimism. Because if the end of man is that what I sow, I reap. What I do in my life, I'm going to gain back again and my life is a sinful existence, then every time I add one more sin, I'm adding more problems, more difficulties. That's what he's getting at. He said only the interposition of another power strong enough to arrest the downward trend can affect a permanent deliverance. Christ made The gateway to a new life. And he quotes 2 Corinthians 5.17 If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all becomes new. Salvation was accomplished and a new era was introduced by Christ's resurrection. My dear friends, today, that is... And remains the only hope for humanity today. In Romans 10 and verse 9, the Apostle says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And that means you will not be condemned, that means you will not be kept out of heaven. That means you will never be in hell. It means, friend, you have eternal life. What will you do then today with Jesus? Neutral, you cannot be. You've heard the message of the gospel today, and you will leave this building, this service, and you will make a decision. I will accept Christ or I will reject Him. Friend, you're watching online today. And I apply this truth to your heart. What will you do with Jesus? Will you accept Him or reject Him? Neutral you cannot be. The offer of eternal life, it is freely given by our Lord And to repent and receive that gift is to receive the gift of God and everlasting life. But solemnly to reject Him and to reject that gift is to perish in your own sin. So what will the answer be? What will you do with Jesus? Will you receive Him as your own personal, living, eternal Redeemer? because when you invite Christ into your heart, you're saying to Him, I am sorry for my sin. I repent of my sin. And I want Jesus to be the King of my life. I crown Thee now. Thine shall the glory be. Let's bow, please, in prayer. Dear Lord, I pray that you would take this Word and write it on every heart. And I pray, dear Father, that you would save precious souls today. Hear our prayers. We ask for Jesus' sake. Amen. We're going to sing just two verses of Wesley's hymn, number 335, And Can It Be? that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood. We're going to sing verses 4 and 5. And it says, and it was his testimony, he said, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin, nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray, something that made me alive. And I awoke, and the dungeon was flamed with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed Thee. Let's stand please and sing verses 4 and 5 of this hymn. close, please, with a word of prayer. And just before we do, it may be, friend, that you're here today and you don't know the Lord, and you've been asking some questions in your own heart about that matter. Wait behind after today. be happy to speak with you and show you from the Lord's Word how you can know beyond any shadow of doubt how that Christ is alive, and He will be your Saviour Father, take the Word today, Your holy and precious Word, and write it on every heart. Save, Lord, precious souls, today we pray. Encourage every believer's heart. Help us to keep going in this life of difficulty and trial and challenge, always with this view in front of us and this great knowledge that my Savior lives In the power of an endless life, and that He is coming back again. Let this be our joy every single day of our life. Part us now in Your fear with Your rich and mighty blessing, for we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen.